Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Chris from Warehouse Gym out in Swansea and Port Talbot, UK. Welcome to the show. How are you today, Chris? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Super excited to have you here and to learn more about, you know, what you're doing over there, what's working really well, what some of your challenges have been, where you're looking to go, and how you're going to get there. But before we dive down that path, Give us a little bit of background, Chris. You know, ultimately, we all started gym for a certain reason. So what was your why? How did you get started in this industry? Um, I realistically, probably all I was ever going to end up doing. Um, Both parents were PE teachers. um, So there was an obvious sort of like direction that we were going in um, with sport. Um, Keen sportsman, like doing lots of different activities. No decent sort of standard at no football, single-handed golfer, uh, sing, sorry, single-handed capped golfer, not single-handed. That would have been even more difficult, that would. Um, <laughs> then um, I got into amateur boxing, become a Welsh amateur boxing champion, then turned professional as a professional boxing champion. And the fitness was just running alongside my obvious or passion for training, exercising. You no, know, I got a huge passion for music, especially house music. And, um, you know, while working in gyms as a youngster, um, there was a little bit of a, you know, a, a spell where, you know, I was doing a lot of clubbing, like a lots of, lots of, I don't know, 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds do. And I would say my two passions were really boxing and fitness. Um, I was working in a gym, like doing a bit of a sort of, you know, I wouldn't say personal training at this stage when I was like 19, 20, just working in the gym, putting the weights away, your typical sort of like gym guy, really. And um, I had a real sort of appetite for delivering classes and, you know, training people. I felt as if I had a little bit of a sort of a flair for it. And, you know, the classes built up a little bit of popularity. I always used to have new music. And I think people liked how excited I used to get, not necessarily about the exercise, but I'd turn up and I'd have a new CD and, I was like, oh, I can't wait to chuck a CD on and train with the new music. And um, it was off the back of that then. I just came up with the idea while I was working as, as um, like security on nightclub doors of using these nightclubs to put exercise classes in. And that is where the idea came from. So I approached a couple of nightclubs in the Swansea area and um, negotiated use of their premises while they were closed. And um, the rest is history, really. We sort of built the business up quite quickly. We were up to 10 venues across South Wales at one point, down as far as Haverford West and up as far as the capital of Wales, which is Cardiff. Um, we had 10 venues all delivering that um, that funky pump concept, which, you know, really sort of broadened our network of people. You know, we almost became a bit of a household name in South Wales because... You know, a lot of people were quite passionate about it. Very similar to CrossFit, I think. You know, like, um, you know, we we had the ability to attract a lot of people at one time. So we were having classes of like 150 people most nights. So 
if you can imagine the sort of the network that would reach them when they went home and told their husbands, cousins, oh, yeah. kids, blah, blah, blah. You know, and some nights you'd have over a thousand people across the 10 venues attending the classes. So, yeah, word traveled pretty quickly, but it was financially not necessarily where I needed to be or wanted to be. So um, we diversified a little bit and um, bought a premises of an old gym owner, um, took over his business, put our class in his business. And that was our sort of like first step, not only on the property ladder, but also then at running a gym. And um, that has just enabled us really to push on and go forward now with which is our, our flagship club in Swansea, which is the warehouse in Swansea Cub D. Okay. Okay. Wow. So Funky Pump Fitness sounds awesome. Just need to say that. That's my vibe. When it comes to fitness, I have to like, it has to be fun. So yeah. for me, like if I can go into a class like that where the lighting is really cool, you've got some great music going, it's really high energy, like that holds my attention. And I think there's a lot of people out there um, who feel very similar to, to that. Like not everybody can walk into, you know, this big box style gym and use the equipment on their own and then get a good workout and have the motivation to come back. So I love the group fitness concept that you have added and how you combine that with something more. So now, you know, you have warehouse gym, give us kind of your best elevator pitch of the gyms itself. I know you have two locations, but give us the best elevator pitch that you can of your product to you or what services that you all provide there so that we kind of understand the business model as it stands today. Okay. Well, imagine a five-star hotel and um, a rough round the edges boxing gym. You've got the best parts of the rough round the edge boxing gym combined with a five-star hotel. So we've got the best equipment, lots and lots of space, luxury showers, changing rooms, saunas. But we haven't lost that element of boxing and that sort of rough from the edge um, fitness element, which I think is what separates us from the commercial gyms. Okay, okay. So a little bit of, you know, uh, you have a little bit of everything here. Now, in this specific business model, um, a lot of gym gym owners are you know really bringing in a heavy amount of revenue from personal training is that something that you all offer within your facility yeah we've got a, we've got a strong community of personal trainers um i wouldn't say it's a large one because if i'm honest there's some terrible personal trainers out there so we've been quite selective on who we bring on board um i would say we've got no more than 10 and they are almost like hand-picked um, I would say there's like a nucleus of about five who have been with me for a long, long time. And they sort of provide the backbone of the personal training, but also that they, they are the lead instructors as well. So my whole business, you know, like I said, they are like the spine through the business. They are the sort of like the well-known characters. The people have got a lot of respect, um, the way they carry themselves, the way they behave, the sort of um, the example they give. And then as time has gone on, we are attracting more and more personal trainers that want to come on board. Um, it's a luxury facility. Um, so you can see why people would like to come and run their business through there. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think there's a little bit of intimidation in terms of, um, I think more, I thought more people would have approached us, but I, I think we've set the standard so high. I feel as if 
sometimes people almost like to stay where they are, where they probably feel a little bit more comfortable. And then I'm not sure, you know, maybe in time they might come across. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you have a small but mighty personal training department of about 10 trainers, five of which have been with you for a really long time. Now, if you kind of had to look at the business here, what if you had to, you know, I don't need exact numbers here, but like if you had to guess what percent of the total revenue in the business is coming specifically from the personal training department? Oh, no, not the vast amount at all, you know, under 10%, way, way under 10%, probably more like 5%, maybe even less. You know, like I said, you know, I didn't want my gym floor to be crawling with personal trainers, um, you know, with their clients, you know, it's, it's, we, we've got a very like family and community based sort of ethos with it. And, you know, lots of personal trainers comes with potentially lots of egos, lots of, um, you know, other potential problems. Don't get me wrong. We haven't experienced any of that at all, but, I was conscious that, you know, it was a gym. We, we got a very strong class-based uh, business. And that, I would say, is our primary sort of source and everything spikes off the back of that. Right, the personal trainers, I would say, are probably, I don't know, a fifth or, or a sixth of what brings in the, the revenue, et cetera. Okay, got it. Yeah, I mean, industry average is about like 10% or less when it comes to percentage of revenue coming from PT in this style gym. And I think that you guys are a little bit different because, you know, you do have that element of open gym, but the big part of what you do really is those classes. So how exactly do your memberships work? Do your memberships include the classes plus the open gym or are there options for people to kind of pick what's best for them? No, I, my sort of, when I was sort of pitching this, you know, to myself really and working out how it was going to go, <clears throat> I wanted to make it easy to manage. Um, I wanted to, I didn't want to be the cheapest gym in the area because I think, again, that comes with its own problems. Um, we wanted to be a fair price for what we were offering and we wanted a membership to include everything. So we've got a membership that includes all the all of our classes and the open gym. And I just feel as if, you know, it's that much more simple. I can encourage people to do like, you know, if they were very much class-based, I can encourage them to do some sort of additional resistance training or, you know, some additional cardio and vice versa. If they were predominantly like weight training or bodybuilding, you know, adding some classes in was a nice addition, you know, to mix things up, stay fresh and, uh, you know, keep sort of motivated and interested really. And it's, it's worked quite well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I like those. I like, I like that, uh, you know, that model there and how you decided that that would be what's best for you guys. So if you kind of look at total memberships in the facility itself, you know, how many members do you guys have? Are you in a position where you're pretty comfortable or are you looking to, you know, grow and welcome new faces in? Yeah, we have, you know, quite a unique um, situation maybe where, um, like I said, this first 18 months, we've we've just reinvested over and over. We are currently at the sort of tipping point now where, you know, hopefully we're going to be making life a little bit easier for ourselves. Um, it has been a hard 18 months, but, you know, I don't think many people extend 
the you know this the square footage and the size of the building and what you have as an offering so quickly within the first 18 months of opening that is testament to how well we've been supported not just by our you know our old members that we brought with us when we moved up here but how well we've been received by other people and that has allowed us really to progress and reinvest off the back of their support really and um you know there's not really that much more that we can do in terms of filling the space with equipment um there's not there's no space for us to extend now really in terms of we're landlocked now we've got probably fifty thousand square foot worth of gym um so now it's just about making the product better and you know keeping people interested and just you know maintaining that retention while at the same time trying to attract new people as well Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, as far as growth goes, you guys have kind of hit the ceiling in terms of space um, that you can use. You really can't expand too much more. So now it's just about growing internally, like with what you have. Yeah. Um, and so talk to us about the growth process, uh, you know, the growth process in terms of how do you guys find your new clients? What do you do to find new members in your community? Because I talk to a lot of gym owners you know, on this podcast and even beyond. And it sounds like in this industry right now, most people are struggling with the process of actually getting people to come into the gym, new faces into the gym. So what does that look like for you guys? Um, you know, we're, we're quite visual in terms of um, our social media presence. Um, like I said, the sort of all of our personal trainers have got a very good big sort of network of people within their own right they're very supportive in terms of tagging the gym and you know promoting the gym off their own back which in turn promotes themselves the gym itself is very aesthetically pleasing so you know the videos look good the photographs are good it it sort of it ties in quite nicely compared to when i don't know we look at some of the sort of more commercial gyms which are very sort of you know, maybe bland for one of a better word, and um, yeah, you know, it's it's a constant battle. You 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 you're attracting new people, you're losing them. That is just the industry you were in. Unfortunately, you know, after sort of twenty odd years in the industry now, I understand that people are creatures of habit. Um, and once they fall out of those good habits, they can fall into bad. And I don't know, it could be down as it could be something as simple as splitting up with their girlfriend and they don't want to see them here anymore and you know there's a whole host of different reasons people getting pregnant and stuff but in terms of a product all we can do is keep providing the best product in the area and the next 18 months are all about the stuff in the background really where you know we improve our marketing and we don't rely on it to be so organic um we want to actually put some sort of like strategic plans in place so you know we've got a plan so we can go on and not only rival the big commercial gyms, but actually start taking over and, you know, hopefully expanding as well. Okay. Um, so kind of tell me a little bit, you know, social media, you mentioned social media. That's the first thing that you said. That's You guys have a pretty big social media presence. And then yes. 2022, that's vital, right? Post-pandemic especially, everybody's spending so much time on social media. So, like, as a business owner, no matter if we own a gym or a restaurant or a store or whatever, we need to have yeah. a presence on social media. That's how we're going to find new clients. 
So with your social media presence, is that all strictly organic or are you guys running paid traffic on those platforms? Um, we've had um, little flutters of paid campaigns. Um, like I said, it's, it's a difficult one because because we've spent so much time expanding and investing and working on the actual structure of the business, new kit, new classes, stuff like that. This is something now that we really need to look at in the next 18 months because if I'm honest, we are a little bit start-stop with that type of stuff. You know, we've dipped our toe in with companies and, you know, my my personal opinion is I, I find paying marketing companies is... I don't know, I'm not convinced, you know, I haven't gone to anyone yet. We've used various ones over the years who I've thought, yeah, they totally understand, they totally get it. I genuinely feel as if we get more traction from our organic reach between all the personal trainers and also our members. I feel as if they play a massive part in, you know, promoting the gym for us, all the success stories. Um, and don't get me wrong, there must be a secret ingredient where these big commercial gyms have got it and they've nailed it because they attract so many members so quickly. That is why that sort of business model has worked. They they attract a lot of people in a short space of time, you know, four, five, six thousand members, and then it's just a case of retaining them. We are, we, you know, we we are probably in a slightly different position where our sort of reputation exceeded that. Um and, you know, it, it's a little bit of a slower burner. So people, a lot of people know about us, but they dribble in rather than rush in. And this is, again, you know, I keep repeating myself, but this is what our objective is now. Now the building is done. Now the gym is solid. Now's the chance to go forward with our marketing and sales, really, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I think I kind of agree with you when it comes to working with a marketing agency where that's all they do. It's difficult because in the fitness industry, when it comes to marketing, our approach has to be completely different. What we do to get people in the front door for fitness and health is very different than marketing for a restaurant or marketing for a chiropractor. People don't wake up in the morning with the motivation to just click on an ad for a gym and go. We have to approach it differently. Um, and so I think, you know, the best thing that we can do is work with somebody who maybe specifically does gyms or specifically does health, specifically does wellness or else we're kind of setting ourselves up for failure. Um, but it sounds like, you know, your organic presence is good. So combine that with some good paid traffic. And I think you guys will really see great results from, you know, the marketing side of things. I know with my CrossFit gym, once I started running the paid traffic, in combination with our reels and our videos that we're making, we got some really, really great leads. Yeah, um, but I want to like make time for a couple more topics here before we run out of time on the show. And so my next question for you would be, you know, looking at your business right now, what would you consider to be your biggest bottleneck, your biggest challenge? I think this is so relatable for other gym owners to kind of, yeah. you know, put themselves because like most people can put themselves in your shoes and they're like oh yeah like I'm dealing with that same exact thing and so kind of like what is that for you and what are you working on to overcome that I think we might be slightly different um, to other gyms in the area especially I can't speak for people outside of the area but um, I feel as if one of our biggest barriers is the perception people have got of our gym 
without being there. I feel as if we're constantly fighting against people thinking that it's elitist or thinking that only um, really fit people go there or thinking that it might be a little bit clicky. And you know, the amount of feedback I get of people when they actually come and join is they're like, oh my God, it's nothing like I thought it was going to be. I wish I joined earlier. You know, and I, I find that frustrating because that's the barrier we're trying to um, sort of like knock down. And that is probably the most common thing I get said to myself, um, you know, that people, they had a perception of what it was and it's just not the case. Like, you know, so um, it's a difficult one to overcome because, you know, we've been going now nearly 17 years. Um, and if people are still got that perception of it, can you imagine how, the floodgates would open if I could really sort of get people to realize it's probably not what you think it is, you know? Mm, yeah. I think that that's like, that's very, very difficult. You know, when it comes to health and fitness, people perceive it as something completely different. Um, you know, people think, Oh, like it's, it's a workout. It's not going to be fun. Uh, and so we have to be able to market ourselves differently to get people to understand that like, this is so much more and we're going to teach you like holistically how to change your life for the better. Um, you know, to kind of flip that here, what if ideally you could have a magic wand and all your dreams, all your goals for the warehouse gym and for funky pump fitness came true. What would that picture look like for you? Like, there's absolutely no limitations. You can take this anywhere. What would what would you want? I think, um, from a personal point of view, just to be able to spend um, more time with my family. Um, I work very long hours at the moment. Like, um, I'd like to you know get to a position where I didn't have to be up at four o'clock in the morning and home at half past eight, nine o'clock. Um, but there's a massive sort of like no burning fire in me I, I feel that we could potentially take this um you know further afield you know the idea I'd like to take it to London I'd like to take it to Dubai Saudi Arabia I haven't really got a passion to take it over to America because I get the impression that there's such big gyms don't get me wrong I don't like we are USP as the music but I feel as if there's a gap in the market in Europe London and maybe, um, you know, the United Arab Emirates. Um, and, you know, that is the only real place I would sort of think if I wanted to go for it. My first priority is stabilising everything here. And then if we wanted to go further afield, you know, I would have to get business partners involved um, because I, you know, to take it to the next level, I need serious, serious investment. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think the concept is definitely there. It's something that I I would believe that it could succeed in, in many different markets around the world, even not even just in Europe. Um, it's fun. People like that high energy that's trending right now. And so I think you could really, really succeed. And I know that you just mentioned, you know, in order to do that, you have to kind of get with your partners and get some really serious investment. But as a, as a business owner, like where does your focus lie right now to bring you to that position where, you know, you can have multiple, you know, locations across the world? Um, my focus now is making sure that this, these two gyms are self-sufficient, you know, not under any pressure. 
and that allows me then to be sort of creative and um, decide which direction to go. And I feel as if, you know, it's taken a lot out of us, like physically, emotionally, financially, the last 18 months. Once that is sorted, then you're in a position to start thinking about what next. I don't think trying to jump into the next thing until this one is absolutely secured, um, you know, very much uh, so on, on, on an even keel. And then it's a case of looking and deciding which direction to go. It might not be gyms. You know, we've got some student properties. Um, you know, it might be something we go into further down that, and the gym has allowed us to do that. We've um, we've got some property abroad. So, you know, it's just diversifying and maybe some some fitness weekends um, in a warmer climate, you know, just diversifying the same sort of, you know, health and fitness thing, but maybe outside of the UK or mm-hmm. outside, outside of Wales where it rains pretty much every day. Okay. I love it. I think that it's very... Um it's very possible. It's not something that's unrealistic for you to be able to make this happen. We see people do it all the time. And I think that you have a very good understanding of the business behind you. Like, uh, you know, you're going to take it there. Now, before we hop off of here, I want to give you the opportunity to share your Instagram or your Facebook. Where can our listeners go to find you online um, to follow along for the journey? Well, our, um, our gym uh, Instagram tag is at warehouse swan warehouse gym swansea warehouse gym swansea and my personal one is at chris underscore where underscore house yeah okay perfect i'm excited to check it out i mean i've checked out the web website now i need to see the social media um so thank you chris for being here today listeners thanks for tuning in Don't forget, guys, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like, hit subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description. We'll get in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me in the show is Andrea from Kettability in Seattle, Washington. <laughs> Welcome to the it. show, Andrea. How are you doing? How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you, Joseph, and thank you for uh, um, Jim Lords for inviting me to be on your podcast. This is amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm extremely excited to have you on today to learn more about what you have going on at your gym business, because it's very exciting. But before we dive into the nitty gritty business stuff. I'm curious. And for the listeners, you know, when you first established this business, what was the vision you had in mind for long-term? Well, uh, it's, it's sort of the longest story. So I'll try to condense it as, as much as possible. Um, I'm a fitness instructor and a coach. I specialize in mobility, recovery, strength building, uh, but in particular kettlebell training. Mm -hmm. So, uh, 
we're sort of a, a boutique niche sort of, you know, uh, specialty gym yeah. uh, studio. And I started into this whole business when it was a, uh, a hobby for me, basically. Mm-hmm. I was selling real estate. I was um, totally- In the trenches selling those houses. In the trenches selling <laughs> the houses and stuff. And, uh, and I was also overweight and mm-hmm. had been, you know, not overweight my whole life. I was sort of a college athlete, but had gotten, you know, a little bit larger and uh, found uh, training through Strong First, which is my sort of like the style of training, the my certification that I hold for kettlebell instruction um, through the principles of that, that it just, it really changed my life. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I lost a bunch of weight, like 50 pounds in six months. All my friends and people that were around me were like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm doing this kettlebell thing. And they're like, well, we want you to teach us. We want you to run classes for us. We want you to have classes for us. And, and I was like, well, I don't know if I feel comfortable with that until I get certified, blah, 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 that type mm-hmm. of thing. And then I got certified and the, the people wanted more of that stuff from me. And I started to segue between, and this was also happened to be at the time when the real estate market was at the time horrible, um, yeah. starting to go downhill big time. Sure. And so it was sort of an easy segue. I mean, sure. There were some tough times and I worked really, really hard and still do. But um, the idea was, Hey, this thing changed my life. I know it can change other people's lives, mm-hmm. fitness, strength, um, ability, kettlebellity. Uh, and so it turned into, Hey, I'm going to, teach classes in the parks and the different places and rent space from other people. And then it turned into, gosh, this thing is really building this, this, uh, whatever the kettlebell movement in the United States in general was starting to become more prominent. People were being becoming more aware of, of the tool and then how to use the tool. Mm-hmm. And, and then I figured that, gosh, you know, if I don't open a gym or brick and mortar soon, somebody else will do it. And then I'll be really upset about that because yeah. I was the one pushing really hard at the time in Seattle and the Pacific Northwest to do that sort of stuff. And, and so that's kind of how, how I started it. And the idea was how do I help other people um, get every day strong because movement mm-hmm. is life. And, you know, I have lucky enough that I have simplicity, simplicity of purpose, right. You know, mm-hmm. lots of other places are like, let's do, xyz and it's not that we don't have those things of course we have a prowler and sandbags and you know ropes you know all the all the things right but our main purpose is let's teach the skill of kettlebell training let's teach the we're focused on building everything around that and Mm -hmm. that made us uh what we are today which is sort of the you know the top one of the top uh kettlebell studios we're pure kettlebell you know we do barbell and body weight and that kind of stuff but our focus is is kettlebell instruction and people come to us for that okay so long backstory there i love that you know really started with a desire to help yourself first and, and then after Absolutely. you did that help the people that were around you and then you just literally mm-hmm. slid right in at the perfect time and here you yeah. are today i love here that. we are today many exactly. many years later yeah <laughs> so rick yeah so, you know, for the listeners and so that, that they can gain a better understanding, because obviously you do the kettlebell, right? But mm-hmm. why don't you give them your elevator pitch? So what kind of services do you offer with the kettlebell training? Well, we have uh, at the studio, we're all about 
healthy movement. So the foundation of everything is when people come in the door, we're going to know relatively soon if they're a good fit for us and if we're a good fit for them. We're not a good mm -hmm. fit for everybody. We're not for everybody. What we are about is for people who are determined to be durable. Yes. So our goal is for uh, to have a, create a, a foundational and fundamental movement pattern that is pain-free and supportive as a foundation to put skill, fitness, strength, endurance on top of. And we happen to use the kettlebell to get there. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you're coming in our door, we want you to know that no matter where you're at, we can meet you there. Mm -hmm. As long as you can sit on a chair and get up off a chair, and maybe that's even not the case, um, we know that you're ready to do this. You don't have to get fit to train with us. We'll help with all of that. So when you come in, we'll meet you where you are. And then there are group classes that you might be a good fit for. There's personal training, if that's your bag. Mm -hmm. There's semi-groups, you know, small group training. And there's a combination of both. Um, and so we try to basically talk to people individually. Mm -hmm. um, we're a small gym. We don't have, you know, we're not looking for 600 members. You know, we're looking for a solid somewhere around 150 people mm -hmm. who are, are interested in just um, paying attention and earning their strength. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So group classes, PT, and a little bit of semi-private there. Mm -hmm. And you really prefer to have a personalized approach to it. So you're not just going to bring anybody in from the street. You're going to make sure that they're a qualified individual who wants Absolutely. to work in the kettlebell, you know, training philosophy space. Right. Absolutely. So, so with those services there, I'm curious, cause you want to get to 150 members. How many people are you serving right now? We have about 120. Okay. Um, and, uh, We've been as high as 200, you know, before the Rona, before the yeah, yeah. before the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, and so we're we're slowly putting gaining members in the right places. Let's put it that way, mm -hmm. because we don't want just anybody, like I said, and we do um, have a a way of onboarding for group classes we have a way of onboarding for personal training which is slightly different some similarities but slightly different mm -hmm. and um and so we want to make sure that the people that come to us want to work with us mm -hmm. because it's a relationship yeah. and they have to trust the process because everything is connected to everything else we understand that you know you can't change a life if it's just you know two hours. The screen yeah, yeah. Well, two screen, hours yeah. out of, you know, all these other hours that you spend outside of here. But mm -hmm. we want to try to support people because like it changed my life and I've seen it change many, many, many lives that I've come in contact, come in contact with over the years through the mm -hmm. studio. Um, it is, it is an amazing process, but you have to be in, you yeah. have to be able you to, show to buy up. into you to show that up. training philosophy and culture. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. The okay. nice thing is what we tell people is maybe the hardest thing to do and maybe the thing that you can work on the most as a student, because here we don't call our people clients. We call them students um, mm -hmm. because we are all students of strength. Um, that as a student, the best thing you can do is to just show up. We'll take everything else off your plate as soon as you just walk in the door. So mm -hmm. if the hardest thing for you is showing up, then we'll support you in any way we can to help you walk in the door. And, and by the time you leave, you will have said, wow, I feel great. 
I'm just enough fatigued. I want more. I feel fantastic. I'm going to go home and make the rest of my day or the rest of my week be as best as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It sounds like you prioritize delivering a great service to your members. And that really translates over to not wanting too many people in because you won't be able to fulfill on what you promise. So yeah, I mean, I'm curious, you know, what have you done in the past to get those students in, in terms of marketing? Is it more of the word of mouth organic or paid advertising? What have you done? We've done, um, it's mostly word of mouth. And I Mm -hmm. think that that is probably the strongest thing that can happen for a business of any size Mm -hmm. is some friends saying to you, oh my God, this is changing my life. This is doing this thing for me. You might be interested, that type Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, We try to um, uh, do a little bit of advertising, uh, meaning it would be basically Facebook or social media, like just getting the word out in terms of showing content, showing community, showing our ethos, showing what we're all about, you know, sort of a happy, fun place to come and train and get a good sweat on and feel better about what's happening in your body type of thing. Mm -hmm. Education, we're all about educating people Uh, because the goal is, truly the goal is we want people to feel like they're coming here to learn with us, but we want to teach them so much that they don't have to be here. They can do it on their own, Mm -hmm. that they choose to be here because what we have on the table, we're so skilled. So um, it's been a little bit of paid advertising in terms of the social media. We haven't gone in for any of the big, you know, radio or TV yeah. spots and that kind of stuff because we haven't seen that work that well for us. It's been mm-hmm. mostly word of mouth, very organic. Um, that is a slower thing that occurs, mm-hmm. but um, it seems to be more meaningful for us because we. We want to have even our group classes have that personal training, that very individualistic feeling Mm -hmm. to them because we want to know all of our people. So that's very important to us. Yeah. So mainly the organic word of mouth and it sounds like organic, you know, Facebook and Instagram there. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, have you ever gone into like the paid advertising route with the social media or have you completely stayed away from that? We've done some boosts and some paid advertising. Like for instance, um, not since we haven't, we've in the past, we've done some, you know, like most gyms do some type of um, Promotions and six stuff. week pro yeah. six week promotion of like, jump in with us. We're going to do this stuff with you. Um, it could be like a body transformation challenge, or it could be a, a strength challenge or something like that. And we would, we would boost that, create an event page, you know, boost that and hmm. sort of try to get some word of mouth going that way. And, and we've had some good, good responses from that. Um, uh, to be honest, after the whole sort of, um, I know a lot of gyms, including ours, aren't, I mean, let's just say, I just found out that a, a neighborhood gym that we're close with sort of, you know, had just closed their doors, you know, mm-hmm. and gyms are still struggling after. Yeah. yeah, it's not fun to hear at all. And it is, it is still a struggle coming back from what has happened through the, um, you know, the shutdown. And, and yeah. particularly in Seattle, uh, the pandemic had a huge impact on brick and mortar gyms and, mm-hmm. and small gyms like that. And so um, we're looking at seeing what we can do that might be a little different, similar, but different. Our style of getting people in our doors uh, just to show the, because we do have a unique quality. We're not in LA fitness. We're not, 
you know, we're not at you're not volume, top. volume, volume. You want to have some volume, more quality. Volume. Yeah. Yeah. It's about skills training, skill, skills, skills training for life. And so, um, our, our membership, our students are very, very diverse from, you know, young college students all the way up to, um, you know, midlife people, people with families, all the way up to people who are retired and in their seventies, you know, but they're all doing similar work, maybe at slightly different levels. So helping, helping people understand that is sort of, I think what our, what our goal for this coming year will be is, you know, we just, we want to get a few more people in, but uh, we don't want, uh, we don't want, you know, 200 people breaking down the door type of thing. Yeah. You want to make sure that you have great students there, people who don't just come in and that aren't qualified. Again, like we said before. Yes. Um, yeah. So let's just say someone hears about you from either word of mouth or on your organic, you know, social medias. What does sure. the sales process look like from cold new lead to warm mm-hmm. paying member? Yeah. Um, a lot of times people will send an email or leave us a phone message or walk in the door. And the, the conversation is very similar to what we've had, which is, Hey, tell us what you're about. This is what we're about. We're about building resilience for life. We have, um, we're all about helping you own your movement so you can do more. We -hmm. believe that, um, you know, we basically tell them our story, tell them our story. And we ask questions. We start listening. What are you looking for? Um, Why are you here? How did you find us? And then based off those answers, we start to um, individualize what we do best, which is we can help you get stronger. We can help you get fitter. We can help you make a, if you want to gain muscle mass, if you want to lose body fat, if you want to run that marathon, if you, if you're a, a high school, you know, basketball star and you're, you need to put on 10 pounds of muscle, otherwise you're going to get bounced around in college, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, we are able to help all those people because we're about performance enhancement. We have the tool uh, we have the skill set. And so helping people understand that, telling our story, but merging that with their needs is how we get them to go, oh, this could be a good option for me. I'm going to mm-hmm. try it out. And once they're, once they say, okay, I want to try this out, then we have to determine, are they, are they a group class student? Mm-hmm. Are they a small group student? Are they a personal training student? And sometimes that takes care of itself, meaning it's much more um, efficient financially to become a group student at our studio. Yeah. Um, it's less, it's more expensive to be a personal training student, but some Always. people yeah. that's not a, that's not an issue for them. Mm-hmm. It's all about their time, their schedule, their needs, and they want it to be all about them. And that's cool because mm-hmm. we can meet them there or it's somebody who wants a real individualized process, but group training classes is where it's at. And so in our onboarding for group classes, we have a sort of an unlimited month, which is sort of a a get to know you type thing Mm -hmm. where we offer, you know, four 30 minute personal training sessions. We offer nutritional coaching, life coaching as well. And they get an unlimited classes. Um, But in our studio, it's a little bit unique, meaning like we had talked about before, we're earning, people get to earn the right to do more at our studio. We have skills tests to allow them to access different levels of classes. Mm-hmm. And 
you don't get to swing a kettlebell in class until you've passed our group to swing test. And so you start in the beginner basic basics class. And once we feel like you're safe to be safe and effective in our next level of classes, then you can jump into that next level of classes, but you don't get to actually swing a bell until you've actually passed the skills test. So there are some, some ways to assess if somebody is ready and then it could be they're ready right away. We've had people walk in the door and do our basic skills class, our group your swing class. And they're like, ready to go. We test them and they're jumping in. Mm -hmm. We have people that it's taken months to be able to be ready. Um, recently we had a gentleman who came in uh, to do personal training and then got the bug and wanted to come become involved in the group classes. Cause you know, he's training over here, group classes are over there. And he's like, gosh, I really want to do that. Well, we got him ready. It took a year and a half, but, um, oh, wow. we got him that ready. Quite a while. So this yeah. is a, an older gentleman who had, um, uh, a brain tumor that was removed, had lost some function on his right side. We got him safe and effective for classes, you know, and he worked mm -hmm. hard at it. And this, the goal was, I want to do some of that too, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so when we do this on ramping, we have our group class on ramp, then we have, um, and when we do the personal training sessions with them, one of them is usually devoted to a movement, movement screen. Mm -hmm. So we're also uh, functional movement instructors and we use the FMS, the functional movement systems um, screen as to give us some data on what people can do well, mm -hmm. meaning how their functional movements, their base patterns of squatting, lunging, stepping, that kind of stuff, stability. Are they too mobile? Are they too stiff? Is mm -hmm. there asymmetry between your right and left? And in this process, they're learning a lot about where they are in space and time. And then they realize that, hey, I do maybe need some help on this, or I'm amazing. I just want to trade my butt off, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. That's that works too. And then our then that gives us a roadmap for our group classes and our group class people. And some of them might add on to their membership doing the little personal training here and there as they're jumping into our group classes. Mm -hmm. um, if they come in as personal training people, the very first thing we do with them is screen them. We do a movement screen because having that data to say, hey, look. This is what you do well. This is what you need to work on. These are your goals. Here's our roadmap. And mm -hmm. even more importantly, I think is, is what do we need to keep people away from that's damaging to their bodies while we're helping them lay this foundation to be able to get stronger and fitter. And so that's part of that communication. That's part of that um, sort of warm, but firm um, way of talking about connecting everything so that they can become strong again and mm -hmm. mobile again and, and, and not break in the process because who wants to, you know, nobody wants get to back get into hurt. training again yeah. and, and then, then get hurt, hurt themselves. Yeah. And then, but that's the cycle. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. a lot of times is people get, you know, get all excited about training, jump in beyond their level, get hurt, have to mm -hmm. go to physical therapy, and then they're starting and then have to restart at the beginning again and then do right. it again and again and, 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 again, again. and again and again and that yeah. then but then unfortunately that motivation to be strong in your body and to move well and to be able to do everything else you want to do starts to recede and so our goal is to keep people moving forward in whatever steps are appropriate for them and because we don't have 500 members we don't have 500 students we get to be able to be very individual and yeah. so-and-so didn't show up for class we're going to call him 
And I guess that sp speaks to retention too, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, I actually had a question for you, you know, cause that sales process sounds like it's completely streamlined. I love that sales process. You know, I like to ask this question because it gets the gym owner to think and also our listeners. What is the biggest bottleneck that you're facing right now in order to maximize your current location? Biggest bottleneck. Um, honestly, it's probably time. It's mm. probably time. As a gym owner, I mean, I, I started this gym because I love what I do. I love coaching people. I love training people. I love training. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a fitness movement nerd, mm -hmm. okay? And so the managing emails, creating- All the admin stuff. To, all the admin stuff, you know, doing the social media, you know, it's just, it. that's part of the thing that um, is, you know, we, we do relatively well, I think with that, but, you know, we could probably- that would be our bottleneck, which is I would rather be on the floor. Mm. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and that's why I'm not willing to, um, you know, start another location or yeah. try to get 500 people in here because then I'm managing a business. I'm not yeah. just, um, I need to manage my business obviously and have the support staff, which we're working on, like you say, to fix this bottleneck, mm. but I don't want to lose touch with my membership and my students and why I got this into this in the first place, because otherwise it's what's not the point. What's the point? Yeah. So exactly. trying to find sort of like, so that would be, I think for us, our bottleneck is, is finding the right balance of time between me being the general manager, my husband and I were doing being the general manager and working on that type of stuff. And then being on the floor, um, motivating our people, partaking with our people, motivating mm. our instructors, partaking with our instructors, you mm. know, that type of stuff and finding that balance. So I think that's, that's the hardest thing. And, and also because life is life, you know, yeah. most of us after this, after the pandemic have had to recalibrate what's important. You know, mm. I have an aging mother. Exactly. That's, yeah. We do have to find our, uh... you know find our priorities especially in this time period because you know yeah. 2020 did leave a big impact on everyone but it certainly did yeah andrea andrea uh we are running short on time here so before we sign off where yes. can the listeners find you on your social medias and your website um you can find us at kettability.com that's our mm -hmm. website we have a YouTube channel, which is the Kettability Studio on YouTube. We have a bunch of training videos and stuff like that. Our Instagram page is at Kettability. It's pretty simple. Our uh, Facebook stuff is at Kettability. It's pretty simple. And um, at, we're on LinkedIn, but you know, we don't pop. We don't spend too much time doing some things on the feed there. But it's mostly uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, YouTube and our website. Awesome. Well, Andrea, thank you for sharing those. And I want to thank you for hopping on the podcast today and, you know, sharing your insights and learnings and your story about being a gym owner. Um, and to everyone so else much. who, yeah, hundred percent. I, I, I'm very, very glad you came on today. And just um, to the other people out there, 
I listened to, I wasn't aware of this podcast until they contacted me, sorry. Um, but I've listened to quite a few of them and it's really inspirational. It's just able to see and I've already got a couple ideas. So good job. 100%, yes. And to everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And as Andrea said, if you want to you know, jump on the podcast with us and to you know, share your gym, Click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very soon. And also hit like and subscribe. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Melissa Goldstein from New Jersey Yoga Zone out of Margate City, New Jersey. Welcome to the show, Melissa. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Hannah. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm super excited to talk to you today. Um, but before we dive into everything and how you run New Jersey Yoga Zone, first, tell us a little bit about what made you want to start the gym in the first place. Um, so I am an attorney by education and I wish I had a, a more compelling reason, but I was, um, dating my husband and there was no yoga in the town where he lived, which is Margate, which where we currently live. Mm -hmm. And, um, I wanted there to be yoga when I came to visit. So as we got more serious, I decided I would move to Margate and open a yoga studio. That's amazing. Were you always like an avid yoga, what do yeah. you call it, yogi? Yogi, yeah. I, yeah. I practiced uh, yoga and, and I had been teaching in Philadelphia and various other places before. Gotcha. Okay. That's amazing. Kind of unique. Like you just saw like a gap in the market there and wanted yoga in your area and you went for it. I think that's it's more for me. So I figured if yeah. I wanted it, maybe other people did too. Yeah. And how long have you been open? Since 2004. Okay. So it sounds like, yes, other people did want it too. Yeah, so 18 years. <laughs> amazing. That's amazing. Okay. So tell us um, kind of like your elevator pitch for New Jersey Yoga Zone. How do you describe it to someone who's never been in before? I would describe it honestly as uh, like a yoga and Pilates playground, really. We offer lots of different types of yoga. We have many different types of uh, yoga instruction. Um, same with Pilates. We have classical Pilates. We have more athletic-based Pilates. We generally use a reformer machine. We have other equipment, towers, spring wall, other types of things. So if you like yoga and Pilates, chances are we have something for you. That's awesome. It sounds like a little bit of everything. So as far as your services, is it private instruction, big groups? Tell us about that. 
It's really 50-50. We have um, a room that's only for private instruction, and then we have a larger room. So we can do simultaneous classes and private instruction. Um, so, you know, our schedule is really flexible. Uh, we, we keep our classes small purposely mm -hmm. uh, so that everyone gets individualized attention. And, um, you know, some people only like to do one-on-ones and some people only like group classes. So I think we have something for everybody. Yeah, it definitely sounds like there's a little bit of everything for somebody. Um, so that brings me to my next question. How many members are you currently serving? Hmm. Um, our population here fluctuates. We are a, a small town at the shore, so we have a huge influx of students in the summertime. And so um, in the summertime, in any given day, we can have about 150 people. And during the winter, it's it's a little smaller, which is kind of nice. Yeah, definitely. What's the difference between? Yeah, you're able to get to know the people a lot, a lot better. Definitely. Do you have like the same people every summer that come back that like spend the summers there? You know, it's nice. We do. We have people who have been with us since we first opened, which is really nice. And then every summer we always get new people. I mean, some people are here for the whole summer, every summer, and some people are in town for a day. Yeah, that's so interesting. I'm curious, like, what's the difference between summer and winter? Like, how many less clients do you have in the winter? Um, I mean, our the population of our town increases tremendously. So um, our classes are still busy in the winter, but we have fewer classes. Okay. So, um, you know, the, the energy is still there. It's just that we have fewer to choose from. Gotcha. Okay, so how do you market um, and get people in the door? How have you gotten to that? The number of clients that you have so far? Um, well, we've been around for 18 years and it's a, it's a fairly small town. So mm -hmm. I think word of mouth is definitely helpful. I, I like to be really community oriented. So we sponsor a lot of community activities, specifically with kids. Um, you know, from like uh, K to eight is, is our school system here. So we sponsor a lot of the, you know, soccer teams and basketball teams with the young kids. And then we do a lot of sponsoring or, you know, giving gift certificates for uh, fundraisers to the local high schools just to get our, our name out. And, um, you know, to have people, if they win a gift certificate, they'll come in, they'll bring a friend. They, they generally end up staying with us. So we market locally that way. And then, of course, through um, our like mind body uh, is definitely helpful when someone comes into town, if they look at the app or, or Google, things like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, is it your goal to grow the member base like in winter and summer? Is that still something that you're looking to do? I don't know that we could accommodate. I mean, we're very fortunate to have this problem that we're ridiculously busy in the summer. I don't know how many more people we could accommodate, but I would... Yeah, the, the winter population, I would like to grow, but I would also like to grow our virtual community as well. Gotcha. Okay, so how do you market the virtual side now, or is that even up and running yet? Excuse me? Is the virtual side something that you're already doing or something that you well, like, would like to implement? Since COVID, I mean, COVID was, was a blessing and a curse for us. Obviously, it was a curse for the reason it was for everybody else, but it really forced us to, to start live streaming. And so we still live stream. We live stream our yoga classes. We live stream some of the Pilates classes, actually, um, Matt Pilates, but also a lot of people uh, seem to have reformers at home. So we'll live stream Pilates classes as well. And that's a benefit that we've 
stayed with from, from COVID. So I wouldn't say I, uh, I market the online, the virtual portion as well as, as I think it could be um, because we're just live streaming to the you know, people that know about us. Gotcha. Okay. So that's like a huge area you could branch out then because yeah. it doesn't have to be somebody in Margate City, you know, it could be someone yeah. anywhere really if it's virtual. And yeah. It's helpful that because we're uh, such a, we're in a resort town. Mm -hmm. So it's helpful for us as opposed to, you know, another studio or another gym is that our summer clientele are from all over. Some mm -hmm. live in Europe, some live in California, Florida, New York, Philadelphia. So when they leave the beach and go home, they still take our virtual classes now. So that's something we didn't have three years ago. Yeah, that's a smart way to get those summer clients to be clients in the winter as well. Like even though they don't live there, they can still enjoy your services wherever that they live. Yeah. Um, what's your plan for marketing to people outside of your area then? Well, I do a lot of social media and I'm hoping uh, to do more of that. Um, besides just, you know, Instagram and Facebook posts. Um, so I don't, you know, I'm kind of open to other ideas. I try, my my new thing is I try to have a college intern. So like a social media marketing intern, we had one last summer. She was great. She definitely got us up to speed, so to speak, with TikToks and reels and things that people who are, you know, not in their 20s and 30s, aren't as, like myself, aren't as um, comfortable doing. So that was really helpful. And I um, actually just put out an ad trying to get another local college student to come in and help us because it's mutually beneficial. They get a paid internship and I get technology help. Yes, definitely. That's smart. Um, okay. So what was like the, um, the ads that you were running online with the social media marketing intern were those on Facebook Instagram a little of both um a little of both uh yeah definitely both we uh, started putting reels on Instagram which is you know not new but new for us we started putting reels on Instagram which was also on Facebook and doing some you know giveaways or surveys and things like that just to get engagement and and it was really great because we got a lot of people to join us virtually that way did you have um, any paid advertising on social media or was it all organic posting? It's all organic posting. I, I'm like, I have boosted some of the posts, but when I say paid, I've never spent more than, you know, $5. Gotcha. So it's not a big, you know, hurdle. Right, exactly. Yeah, there's like two ways to do it on Facebook where one is like boosting and the other is like creating an ad campaign. Did, have you gone in and created an ad campaign before? Uh, I, I have tried that in the past. Um, it really didn't do a whole lot. So I, I haven't done it again. Yeah, I totally. But for us, local, like for us to support the local community is really how we get the most clients because mm -hmm. a lot of the parents, if we support their kids' teams, they see it. They see it on the back of their kids' jerseys. Um, you know, if there's like a fit fifth grade rec basketball team sponsored by New Jersey Yoga Zone, then it's all over their t-shirts. Every time they wash it, the kids have the t-shirts, the parents buy the t-shirts and it's just in their face. So that really helps. And people tend to want to support businesses that support their kids. Definitely. I think you have like a good grasp on like the community that you're in. And it sounds yeah. like you have like a good reach to 
all those people through, you know, kids and the, the events that you sponsor. I think the, I guess, challenge now would just be getting the word out about the online so that you can yeah. reach people, you know, who have never heard of New Jersey Yoga Zone. Yeah, um, that's my uh, 2023 goal. Awesome. Yeah, that's a great goal to have. Um, okay, so tell me about once you have a member in the door, how do you keep them long term? Yeah, that's a great question. It's so challenging because especially for yoga, you can do yoga anywhere, right? You can do yoga in your, from your phone, from the gym, you could do it anywhere. So we really, we, I do some emails, but you know, just like everybody else, I'm, I, you know, I don't always read all my, my emails. I try to do social media marketing. I tag people, um, in, in, like I said, I have the benefit of living in a smaller community. So when you're out and about at a restaurant at the supermarket and I see someone who hasn't been in, I just try to say like, hey, you know, we missed you. We have this new machine or hope all is well, hope to see you kind of a thing. Like just being personable. Yeah, definitely. I think that's so important, making sure people feel like they're a member of a community and not just like a number. So I yeah. think that's super, yeah. super important. And something unique about small group fitness is that you really get that personalized touch. Right. Um, like, you know, our classes so, so small right. so that we can really get to know people and say like, oh, hey, how was your, you know, brother's wedding or whatever. Yeah. Like right. try to remember something and have a relationship. Yes, definitely. I think that's so important. Um, so once a client is in the door, tell me like a little bit like about the client journey. Like once you get a lead in, how do you train them into a member? Once they're a member, how do you make sure that they stay long term? How do you keep track of everyone who comes in and out? That's a good question. It's a very layered question. <laughs> so I have to say, I don't really have um, a formula that I stick with. And I'm I think I'm always open to suggestions. I, I ask the clients for their opinions a lot and whether, I, it's not that I do it and um, I'm generally interested, although I don't always listen to everything people suggest, but I feel like if you're, today I finished a yoga class and there were, you know, with before the people left, I said like, hey guys, what do you think if we, did a class that was at a warmer temperature, you know, a question like that, just to get their feedback and make them feel that they're part of the studio because they are without them. I, I can't continue the business if, if they don't come. So I do want to know what they want. Um, and I would like to, to know. So I really try and ask, especially the people that come often, um, what would you like to see? And I, and I do change things around and um, you know, they seem, quite happy. Good. Yeah. That's Their ideas implemented. Good. What ideas have you taken from, from your clients that you've implemented and seen a positive feedback from? I mean, some are, some are, you know, legitimate, like change the time of a class from five to five 30, because if you work until five, it's hard to get there. But some of them are things that, you know, I don't think about coming into the studio every single day. Um, the lighting in the bathroom, I never thought about it. I just turned the light on and there was the light bulb. It went on, but right. um, someone suggested changing the lighting in the bathroom, having um, not potpourri, but like a different sense. Um, 
going on candles, things like that, um, different brands of candles that are organic or um, scentless, um, different kinds of music, just ideas like that, um, some sort of like aesthetic mm -hmm. uh, suggestion. Someone, we have a calendar. Someone suggested that the calendar should have pictures of people that at the studio, you know, like make a calendar. Um, we did that, people love it. Today I switched to December and people were so excited to see themselves on our calendar. <laughs> so it's That's silly, so but it makes them feel like they're part of our community. And, yeah, and yeah, I think that's super creative and so important for retention too, to make make people feel like they're part of a community and and have a say kind of in the in the studio that they attend. So I think that's really cool that you do that. But um, okay, so what would you say is like your biggest bottleneck right now from getting the winter classes fuller and getting that online part up and running? Well. I mean, they're, they're both goals of mine for, for 2023. Um, you know, the winter clientele, I, it's, it's a much different experience because in the summertime, I don't know everybody's names that come in. I can't possibly know. And we have back-to-back -back classes all day long. I'm not there 24 you know, hours a day. But in the wintertime, it's nice that we, we know everyone who comes in. Or, and if we don't know them, we get to know them. You know, a new person came in today and ended up chatting for a half hour after class and, um, you know, signed up for tomorrow. So I would say, you know, my biggest desire now is, is the online part. And I don't know, I have to kind of figure out what would I, what, what's the best direction to go in? Is it YouTube channel? Is it more, is it TikTok? Is it more Instagram reels? Is it? more posts, store, you know, I don't, I have to figure that yeah. out. Um, I'm curious, like as a business owner, where does the desire to go online come from? Just from being 18 years in, looking to take a step back or, you know, what's, what's the passion behind the online section? Um, I, I like to maintain relationships with our summer clients who are not here. Mm -hmm. I, I think that by having a video library of classes, which I've done in the past, I just got a little lazy, to be honest, with uploading them. I was really gung-ho during COVID. Mm -hmm. And then as we opened up again, because in New Jersey, we were, we were closed for quite some time. Um, it's probably different than you know other parts of the country. But um, I think I just got tired of, of uploading everything, so I took a break. I, I and But it was great passive income for the business. Mm -hmm. And is the business your full-time job, or do you have something else that, that you focus on as well? So I am still trying to 100% decide what to do when I grow up. But I was, I am an attorney um, by education and I did practice for a bit. And then um, I was really fortunate that the studio uh, got so busy so quickly. So then I stopped practicing law and the studio was my full-time job. And then a few years ago, through just happenstance, I was asked to teach some uh, legal writing classes at um, a local university. And I, I decided to try it because I'm always up for something something new and challenging and it worked out. And now I, I teach in a few different departments and it kind of works because I've, as I've said, our winter time at the studio is slower. 
-hmm. So I teach college in the winter, um, generally two days a week. And then I'm at the studio the other days a week. And then I don't teach college in the summer, but I'm at the studio a lot in the summertime. Yeah, that kind of like works out really well. Um, how yeah. do you balance your time, like in the winter, especially, like how do you keep organized with your clients and also teaching? It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. Um, it, it's just, it's really being disciplined about organization and keeping myself sane and healthy. Um, I, you know, I also have two teenagers and so that keeps me busy, but it all keeps me grounded. I love teaching college. Well, first of all, I have a pipeline to these college students who then can intern at the studio and help me with all of the social media things that, that just seems so, um, easy for lack of a better word for, for the 20 year olds and, and not me. Um, so I like to use that, you know, I have them at my disposal and I like to use my law degree and that helps me, you know, keep my kind of foot in, in that. But I honestly, keeping up my own yoga and Pilates practice and keeping myself healthy physically and mentally is really how I, how I do both. And I like the dichotomy of the, you know, um, that, that I love to teach. So it, it, it's completely different, but yet it's really similar because I love to teach and I love to help people. So that's what I, I feel like I do the same thing at school than I do at the studio. That's amazing. They're both very different, but both like within your passions. I think that's yeah. awesome that you have both. Um, what are some of those like organizational techniques or skills that you have that you implement in your day to day? Um, I'm lost without my calendar. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's meetings at the university, when to get grades in, um, you know, what my kids are, are doing, their, their sports and things like that. I try not to miss anything. So honestly, I, I just, and, and I teach this, this is a great skill to teach the college students is being organized. You know, when you, when you're at college, your assignment, it's not do this for tomorrow, it's here's your assignment for two weeks from now. And that's just like the real world. If you want, you know, when the summer's coming, I can't prep for it at the studio the day before. Mm -hmm. I start actually in February, planning out the schedules and who's doing what and what classes we're doing. Um, the thing that always throws me for a loop is when, you know, an instructor can't make it at the last minute, but you know, that's life. Yeah, have some plan for the unexpected. Yeah, try to be as flexible as possible. Do you use a physical calendar or do you have like a like Google calendar? What do you use? I use a Google calendar. Okay, yeah, me too. I find that the most helpful. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, definitely don't procrastinate. That's a good yeah for the college students as well. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's a tough thing, right? Because <laughs> it, it, there's always something to do and you have to take time to relax. That's really important as well and not be stressed. But I find that the more organized I am, the less stressed I end up being. Yes. Definitely. There's a saying that's like, prepare, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. So yeah. <laughs> I think of that one too. Um, what is something that you would tell a listener who wants to open a fitness studio? Um, what would be your biggest piece of advice to them or something that you wish you would have, have known before you opened your own studio? Um, I guess a couple of things. Number one is not to take everything personally. Um, I had the studio 
before I had children. So my studio is really my first child. And, um, and I still think of it that way. And sometimes, you know, people are very quick to criticize and not as quick to compliment, um, mm -hmm. especially online. If you look at like a Yelp review, a Google review, people are very quick to write if a bad experience happened and not as quick to write when they enjoyed something. And, you know, people are, are human. I can't control what comes out of every instructor's mouth and every move somebody else does. And you, you can't please everyone. Mm -hmm. So my best advice is to listen to your clientele, but don't take everything personally because you can't please everybody. And so what I try to do when someone has a bad experience, especially if they've written something online, is to reach out and say, I would love to know because I can't have a great business if I don't get constructive feedback. But there's a difference between constructive feedback and, and mean feedback. And, and some people, you know, some people are just, not everyone is nice and you can't take everything to heart which I used to do. And that would just cause like, like a vicious circle of taking it to heart, getting stressed. When you're stressed, you get sick. You can't go to work and um, do what you need to do. Definitely. Yeah. Whenever I opened the bakery, I would take everything personal. Like if somebody didn't like something that I made or it's so easy because they don't see, you know, the time and effort and emotion you put into it on the back end. To them, it's just a business, but yeah, I definitely, exactly. definitely agree. And I, mean, I also go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no go same ahead. thing, you know, in a restaurant, it's not all the, always the server making the food, you know, you have to, and, and it makes me such a better consumer because if I have a problem somewhere, I would really try to be kind and reach out to the manager or the owner to try to rectify the situation, not just go to Google and write a mean review. Right. I mean, there's a time and place for that, but I think that if you don't go through the, you know, up the ladder to try to fix your problem and, you know, what one person likes, someone else doesn't like it. So I just would say not to take everything personally. Yes, you cannot please everybody. That's very true. <laughs> um, well, Melissa, thank you so much for your time today. I so appreciate everything that you shared with us. Before we sign off, um, please tell everyone where can we find you? What's your website and what is your social media? So it's all kind of easy. It's all njyogazone.com is our website, NJ Lake, New Jersey. And our Instagram and um, Facebook, social media is all NJ Yogazone. And we are in the lovely, beautiful town, Margate City, New Jersey, which is on the Jersey Shore. Better weather in July than, than December, but uh, still the sun is shining today. Yay, that's all you can ask for. I love it. Um, but thank you so much. Everybody go to NJ Yoga Zone on social media, njyogazone.com, um, and check out Melissa's studio. Thank you again so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks, Hannah. Have a great day. You too. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description fill it out and we'll be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. 
three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.